from Best in the World Sports and Joe Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. All right, y'all, bring it in. It's time for another edition of the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown right here with my partner in crime, Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. But what about now? All on me. All of them? All of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. You know why? Why? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Nice. <laughs> Yo, you feeling real good. I can tell you. You, oh, man, you feeling real good. Why are you feeling so good, man? Oh, it's a great day. Why? What makes it such a great day? It's the weekend. Yes, sir. And I heard we got a guest today. What? We got a guest today? We got a guest. Oh, boy. Who we got? NFL beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Radio host, writer, all around good dude. One of the guys who gave you and I both a great opportunity on the sports shop. Yeah. You can still find those clips on YouTube. I still post them like they're new. And I post the same clips every like six weeks. And on a personal note, something I don't usually say about too many people. Okay. A guy who actually makes me feel like a smarter fan when I listen to his information. Yes, sir. And that that's strong words coming from me. Yes. The one and only Jeff Mosher is joining us. Jeff, how are you? What's up, fellas? What's up? I was worried that maybe you weren't going to introduce me because I heard like all around good dude and (laughs) it makes me feel smart. And I'm like, uh oh, that is me, right? (laughs) That is you. (laughs) Now, now before you get into this, you you guys want to talk football because I I came armed with my like my top five like Brooklyn MCs. Because I thought we were just going to do top five lists for like it was sports. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we we are we do air on hip hop stations, so we could get into that too. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, okay. But cool, I, cool. I I just wanted to make a real quick point. Now you talked about how Jeff makes you feel smarter and how you how much you enjoy Jeff. That's, those are things you've never said about me. Really? Never ever. Oh, so Jeff, how are you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Good, man. Well, you know, it's kind of weird, though, JB. I would say, like, if someone tells you that just by being around mm-hmm. someone you feel smarter, it's usually a diss to that <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're so dumb, I feel smarter being around you. I don't think that's what Mike meant about me, but you never know, man. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's not what I meant. I actually meant you give me information that makes me more informed. Oh, okay. All right. Just making sure. All right. So, Jeff, let's get straight into it. Eagles pulled off a big win and a close one against the Bears last week. And the legend of Nick Foles, BDN, as they refer to him around Philly, continues to grill. I don't don't call him that. (laughs) I've been hearing that so much, I I, I have to use it I hate that nickname. Big deal Nick, right? Exactly. Yes. Big deal Nick. So, first question, let's start with an easy one. Or maybe not an easy yeah. one, but a, a, the obvious. You got you're going into New Orleans with the Saints, who have been looking somewhat beatable the last couple weeks, but they are still a formidable opponent. What is it? Do you think the Eagles need to do to give themselves a chance to compete this week? Man, Mike, that's a great question. Um, I think it's probably. Well, there's two things involved here. One, the Saints are a really good team, but I don't know that they're this unconquerable top seed um, the way they might appear to be because of the way they beat the Eagles earlier in the year, 41 points, and Mm -hmm. because this game is at the Superdome. I think the Saints are a really good team. 
They're extraordinarily well coached. They have some really good players, but you're in the playoffs. So you can say that pretty much about any team that, you know, was in the playoffs like the Bears or mm-hmm. it's still in the playoffs like the Eagles are the Saints. So I think it's going to be a close game. What they have to do, I don't know that they necessarily need to do one thing in particular because the Saints are so great, right? I just think that um, they cannot expect for two straight weeks to go on the road and turn the ball over twice, not getting any takeaways themselves, and run for less than 100 yards and expect to win the game. So, in fact, um, they became the first team in NFL history to do that against the Bears, to win a road game in the playoffs when you have a, a minus two turnover differential and you rush for less than 100 yards. No team had ever done that until the Eagles did. First team um, to ever so, do that? Uh, wow, I, that's something I didn't know. Ever do that. I did not actually the, the, the know record, that. Yeah, the record for teams to win on the road just with the, the minus two turnover differential mm. was something like four and 83 before that game. So now it's five and 83. It's, you know, that's without even the hundred yard rushing, but, um, oh, yeah. Wow. So I, I, I definitely think that they can, they, they need to steal possessions from the saints. I don't think they, they can be giving possessions away to the saints. Okay. Um, they so they need to win the turnover differential. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it can happen twice. Look, I don't, I don't even know if they need to win the turnover battle, I just think minus two or anything worse is going to be a problem. Okay. So going minus two again, two picks and not forcing turnovers will be kind of a death sentence in your opinion. Yeah. Okay. So next question. With that being said, what are you expecting to see from Nick Foles this week? Do you think he can continue this sort of magical run that he's been on, or do you think he's due to come back down to earth? Well, I mean, I don't even know what come back down to earth is for Nick Foles anymore <laughs> because he's so far up up in like Pluto that that would be an amazing fall from grace to even come back to earth a little bit. Uh, he's playing extraordinarily well. Like the Bears game mystified me when I was watching it the other day on All Twenty Two because he made a couple of throws in that game that it, it almost makes you really believe that like God is on his side you know how everybody knows how devout he is and, mm-hmm. and religious he and Carson are because if you guys can see the end zone angle from that pass that he threw to Golden Tate that uh, between he put it right between like three guys and mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the one where Golden Tate got hit and some somehow you know hung on pinballed away and got 28 yards out of it mm-hmm. when you see the reverse angle of that throw and the ball goes up in the air and it hangs in the air forever and how it fell in between three bears and landed in the hands of the shortest guy on the field. <laughs> it's almost as if like an angel was there with the ball and like put it in, in golden Tate's hands. So that was unbelievable. And then he threw a pass, I think on the game winning uh, possession, either the first or second touchdown mm-hmm. to Zach Ertz. Uh, and it was kind of like a slant and Zach Ertz was double covered on the play. And Nick threw it to him anyway, and he literally threw it in the only spot where uh, they couldn't get it. And Roquan Smith, the linebacker, kind of fell at the last minute, and it's almost like Nick mm-hmm. anticipated that right. Roquan was going to fall. Like so It just feels like a higher authority. I, re- is really I can recall the exact play you're talking about because the pass came in high to Ertz. And yes. it was like the only place he yes. that it was safely he could safely put it was high and slightly ahead of Ertz, and Roquan stumbled at the perfect moment 
where the ball could get it, to it was him. It's unbelievable. It's like, why did he stumble? What made Roquan fall? That he wasn't contacted, and that's why you you start to wonder how how long this streak can go on. Now, Mike, it's it's crazy, but I think it is a little bit alarming, right? That I th- that, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate. That Nick has thrown a pick in pretty much every game since he took over, right? We know he threw the one against LA that was kind of ill conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, he threw one, more than one. I think he threw two against Houston. He did not throw. Oh wait, no, he did throw. He threw one against the Redskins and then completed twenty five straight after that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in, against the Bears. So it's a little bit alarming. I mean, you kind of get a whole lot more positive plays with Nick than negative. But you know, the deeper you get into the playoffs, you would like to see those subside a little bit but then again he also threw one in the Super Bowl and they won that game too so I, I don't know I kind of like take the paper and, and crumble it up and throw it in the basket when it comes to Nick he just it's just working right now so what you're pretty much saying is once Nick Foles throws that interception on Sunday we're almost guaranteed victory against the Saints <laughs> Yeah, at, that's at a good this, way of looking at it, JB. Once, it's, once they, it's just like the it, it's like the requisite uh, Jason Peters false start, right? You mm-hmm, get it out of the way. Exactly, and you're good. exactly. Get that out the way. <laughs> Jason Peters false starts. You're on third and long, and then he throw. Then Nick Foles throws that pick. Then it's like, all right, let's all rejoice because now we know that the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, In fact, uh, maybe, look, I'm, I'm maybe just trying to think just of an angle. Throw it on the first play of the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, real quick, uh, I wanted to jump over to the defensive side of the ball. You saw yeah. the ga- the game that they played against Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they they pretty much bottled him up for for the most part. He had some success, but it was very much mm-hmm. bend don't break. And it seemed, but at times they struggled to put some pressure on him. And at times you also saw this defense playing back like they normally do, and that pseudo-prevent defense. Drew Drew Brees will pick that apart because Drew Brees is not Mitchell Trubisky. What do you think they need to do do differently against the Saints that they did against the uh, the Bears? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to go back and look at it more this week, um, two weeks after they blew out the Eagles, the Saints – played the Dallas Cowboys and they mm-hmm. lost that game and they only scored what like was that like 15 to 10 game I think it was a very low scoring yes. game and I do remember that the, the Cowboys much like the Eagles are not a heavy blitzing team they're a big mm-hmm. front four rush but mm-hmm. I think I remember the Cowboys sending a little bit more pressure than usual uh, at Drew Brees and I think you have to do that now listen we're talking about Jim Schwartz right it's not going to be like a 55% game plan blitzing. But I definitely think with Drew, you've got to get him off the mark. You cannot let him – you can't just sit there, drop seven guys into zone, rush four, and expect that Drew's not going to be able to pick that up, uh, apart many times. I think you have to force the issue with him and frustrate him. It seems like that's what Dallas was able to do. And I think the Eagles will have to do that as well. And I would even say if it's a close game, they may have to do it a little bit in the fourth quarter, because as you just pointed out um, with the Bears game, you know, they got a lot of pressure on Trubisky in the first three quarters. But the one difference about this year's D-line compared to last year's is that, you know, they're a lot thinner. They lost Eric Barnett. They lost um, mm-hmm. Hart. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sweat, Jeff mm-hmm. Sweat. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, Haloti Nod is not really a pass rusher. They don't have as many pass rushers as they did last year. The ones they got are good, but they're just not as deep. So they tend to tire down a little bit there in the third and fourth quarters. And we've seen that against like Tennessee and Carolina, right? So I think Jim 
may have to pick some really creative blitzes early on and then you know third or fourth quarter he may have to get out of his comfort zone a little bit if this game is close and make sure he's still getting Drew Brees off of his mark okay so who is it that you would think for the Eagles not named Nick Foles or Fletcher Cox needs to have a big game for them to be able to win that's a really good question not named uh, Nick Foles or Fletcher Cox okay so one of these running backs, I think, has to be really important. Now, it's the last time they played, Josh Adams had a 28-yard touchdown run, and it was kind of the start of Josh becoming the lead back for them. And then, you know, this we- this weird season of, you know, it's almost like three-card Monty that Doug is playing with the running backs as far as who's lead ball carrier is. So Josh won a bunch of games, did well, and then all of a sudden Smallwood came back to earth, and Darren Sproles came back, and it looks like Josh is now back to third on the on the pecking order. I don't, I don't really care who it is, whether it's Smallwood's running very well and Sproles has been basically the MVP of December, but I think one of those guys have to be efficient in the run and they've got they to make something off the screen game against a, Col- uh, I'm sorry, against a Saints defense that gets upfield very quickly. Okay. Now, I've got one last question for you before we get you out of here. I'm not going to take up all your time today. My oh, this last... is easy, man. You guys, come on. <laughs> my, my question for you is this, though. Look, we're Fast forward a little bit, skip ahead. Assuming the Eagles are able to pull off a win this week, what do you think happens with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, Wentz going forward? I hate asking this question, but I have to ask. He's got to. No, I think it's a fair question. You know, I, I thought people kind of overreacted to that, that uh, whatever you want to call a controversy, dichotomy, anything, like, you know, after the Houston game or the L.A. game. But we're getting a little deeper here, and mm-hmm. it's becoming kind of less of a phenomenon and more, to me, um a really interesting situation where you obviously have Carson Wentz, who's a franchise quarterback. They invested a lot of draft capital in him. They don't want to get rid of him. And you have Nick, who I think as each game goes by, and look, against Chicago, he threw two picks. He was more human in that game. So it wasn't like Nick was, again, channeling an inner Tom Brady or something. He was way more human, and yet he still did what he needed to do to win the game. And to me, that actually makes it more of a – we can talk about Nick realistically being a lot like, like a, uh, a quarterback who's really coming into his own and maturing, right? Because now we're even seeing him win when he doesn't have his best game. It's not just these like superhero Nick Foles performances that make you think this is some magic carpet ride. I really do think Nick, he reminds me a little bit of Eli Manning where Eli, you know, I'm sorry, I know that's going to bother a lot of people, but <laughs> Eli got his ass kicked in his first three playoff games and a lot of people and then the one thing about the Giants is that they never they always had the same coach, always had the same offensive coordinator, same offense, and eventually things started to click for the dude and you know, he put together two of the most memorable playoff runs you'll ever see because it was the same coach, same system, same offense. And I just think with Nick, even though you see him get rid of the ball a lot quicker. He's like peppering the defense now. Mm-hmm. I think he's really improving. He's becoming a quarterback, a good quarterback who could be consistent and I think it's a real legit thing to say hey i think over a 16 game season this guy can be a fairly good quarterback for you so your question mike um i think that it really isn't a discussion for the eagles as far as who's their quarterback next year unless nick beats new orleans and goes to that conference championship game and then then maybe it really becomes a little bit of a discussion 
And only if he wins the Super Bowl, then is it, oh, my God, we really... You have a real dilemma then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but there's even within that, Mike, there's even... So he, he can become a free agent if he decides to opt out and the Eagles opt in. The Eagles can just say you're a free agent and not even exercise their option on him, or they can franchise tag him. And that seems to be like the popular sentiment now, mm-hmm. that they'll franchise tag him and try to trade him. But if you franchise tag Nick... That creates problems for other teams who want to trade him because because the cap you're not number is so high. A contract extension to a guy under our franchise tag. So now you then have to trade for Nick, knowing that you're going to pay him twenty five million dollars for one year, and then he might leave you after the year, or you have to then re- use the franchise tag a second year, and that's going to pay him like thirty million dollars. So now you've got to commit two years and fifty five million dollars, all guaranteed to Nick. And how much? How much? willing to give up it as a draft pick to take on that kind of an expense. Mm. So I think it just invites a whole lot of different scenarios and variables that it's that are impossible to predict right now. Okay. All right. So do you think that would be possible rather than the actual franchise tag that they possibly use something like a transition tag where they just try to get something back knowing that he's going to leave? Yeah, I think it's, it kind of creates the same dilemma for the team that trades for him, though, right? Even if it's the transition tag, and I, I kind of forget the, the difference. I know there's some subtle ones, but if you trade for someone under the transition tag, he still becomes a free agent at the end of the year, and I think you still can't negotiate a contract extension with him, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, again, like how much... It's not that they, a trade can't be made. It's just the idea that you're going to get like multiple first-round picks and all this great draft stocks from a team that has to give all that up and then go you know, take the chance of losing the guy after a year or having to refranchise him and pay, them a, lot, pay him a lot of money over a two-year span that they cannot spread out over three or five years in a longer contract is what makes it difficult. So, Jeff, let me, let me ask you this. Given, this. given where we are now with this controversy and this back and forth and everybody has an opinion, how different mm-hmm. would you think, how different would the narrative be? How different would the conversation be had Cody Parkey made that kick? <laughs> had we made that That's kick? And just, really had we made that question. kick? The Eagles are now out of the playoffs. Nick Foles threw two interceptions. This conversation is probably over. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because right now we're sitting there saying, you know, people are saying, is Nick Foles a guy? I'm hearing people talking about trading Carson Wentz. I've heard some of the dumbest, (laughs) you know, just conversations and just crazy narratives. But how different is how different is the conversation? Cody Parkey makes that pick. If If Cody Parkey is now popular in Chicago, if he's the mayor of Chicago and not, you know, the villain of Chicago. Yeah. How different is this conversation about Foles? I think it's still a, a prevalent one, and I, mm-hmm. I think because he had the ball last and put it and scored the touchdown mm-hmm. against that vaunted Bears defense, you know, he brought them back from you know they were trailing in that game, and then put two touchdowns on the board in the second half and left with the lead. That it was the, the damage isn't as bad as if you know he threw a pick on the final play, try or you know on the last drive where you could say he's directly responsible. Uh, I, I do agree that by winning the game, the legend gets inflated a little more. I think had they lost on that field goal, though, it wouldn't have been worse as if he just 
laid an egg and they lost like 20 to three, then I think it would have been, we, it, like, we wouldn't even be discussing anything about a franchise tag or a trade. It would just be, and, and look, that might happen this weekend, right? If the Eagles lose on Sunday, like 31 to seven and Nick throws three picks. And, and I think it, exactly what you're saying will just be the same a week later. Then, then it'll be like, okay, Carson, that, that we're going ahead with Carson. You, you can even release Nick if you want and, mm-hmm. and let him go somewhere else. I, I don't. I think that that's how reactionary people are. No, I, 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 I am guilty. I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. That's me. Now, Jeff, we're up against. Well, let me it. ask you guys: Are you guys? Uh, are you guys both like? And listen, I hate to even phrase it this way because mm-hmm. I don't think you have to be um, uh, either pro Nick Foles or pro. Carson Wentz. I think you can just have like them both. I, res- I respect and appreciate what they do both, but still want one or the other going forward without besmirching the other one. Where, where do you guys stand on it? I believe that Nick Foles is an enigma. I think what's going on is is unprecedented. I think people try to want people want to compare this to something or or think of a precedent, but there is none. I think Nick Foles is a guy who has proven that he can make big plays and win big games, but not necessarily be the guy that you that gets you through sixteen games. And I'm a little mm-hmm. diff. I'm a little different because mm-hmm. I'm the guy who was calling for Nick Foles to start when Michael Vick was still the starting quarterback. Michael Vick ain't starting no more. Mm-hmm. And I've been consistent all the way through, believing that. Nick Foles is good enough to win games with, assuming you have the, a properly built team around him. Mm-hmm. That being said, a healthy Carson Wentz is a better player, but a healthy Carson Wentz is also going to get paid $30 million in, a, in another year, and that creates right. a whole different set of issues for your roster. So, No doubt. It, it does. So I, I, I think the one thing we may we might be all able to agree on is that it, it, there's just no way you can have both these guys on the team next no, year. No, Agreed. No, we all, absolutely, we all agree yeah, one on of that. going, unfortunately. So, yeah. so Jeff, we're up against it, but I really appreciate you coming on with us today. And before I let you go, I know you've started some new ventures of your own the last few months. Let the people know where they can find you and get some more of this good information you have. Oh man, you know I, I'm like uh, the, the in living color skit. Hey man, I got about six or seven things I can come on here and say. And I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we're well, here to let the people know. Go ahead and let it. Go ahead and share. It feels like that way, JB. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, my my website is Patreon.com/slash Jeff Mosher. G E O F F M O S H E R. Uh, I cover. I do a lot of Eagles in depth stories every day. Breakdowns, all twenty two reports, hard news, breaking news, scouting reports, everything. So I, you know, every day. So that's where you can find my work covering the Eagles. And of course, I've got the uh, show going on with uh, Brian Westbrook called For the Record with Brian Westbrook. Um, it's a podcast. It's available on all the all the places: Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, everything like that. So For the Record with Brian Westbrook, me, Aton Shander, Crystal Rich, and uh, Roxy Romeo. And if I can just add this last one, I also do another podcast called Inside the Birds mm-hmm. with Adam Kaplan and former Eagle Billy Osborne with uh, a weekly podcast that we do all Eagle stuff. And that's also uh, part of the Go Birds Network. Uh, you can find that on radio.com under Go Birds, and you can find that on 94wip.com uh, under Go Birds. All right. Well, we'll definitely be keeping our eye. One of the hardest men. Next working. time you have me on, I'll do my 30 other jobs. <laughs> uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Thanks again, Jeff. It was been a pleasure having you on. And we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. 
Yeah, and then we better do a, a little top five MC talk when we're at it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. We'll, we'll say that one for the summer as soon as football is over. You right. got it. Yep. <laughs> That was Jeff Mosher from Inside the Birds. Shout out to him, Aton, Toot, my man Chris, uh, Anthony Gilbert. We got to figure out a name to our crew. That's the crew. We got to figure out a name. All right, it's time to switch gears. We got to talk Sixers. So when we come back, we're going to talk Sixers. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid, all in the news lately. And we got to figure out what's going on with them. So we'll talk Sixers when we come back on Best in the World Sports Report. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. Great show, feeling good. Team, the teams we care about are on a roll. Eagles won. Eagles won. Sixers have been winning. Had a little, you know, they can't, they can't win. Yeah, a couple of hiccups. Can't it's win basketball. them all. Can't win them all. But the, but still, they're getting healthier. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, who had missed a couple of games, is now back. Jimmy Butler, although he had missed a couple of games, his name had been in the. The, the His name has been in the news. We've been talking a lot about Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. You know who and else has necessi- been playing surprisingly well, though? Before we get into the gym, maybe. Okay. I know we're not going to talk about this guy much, but I want to give him a shout out. Okay. Jonah Bolden. Yeah. Young kids been playing good basketball. Young lately. kids been playing good basketball, and that's something else I probably want to talk to you about. On in, a, we'll have another discussion about this, before, like later on down the line. Not necessarily today, but I want to talk to you about when a when a young player shows that they can be a true cog or when a young player is just playing is being a really good role player but that's an interesting question interesting question think about that put that on the back burner we're going to talk about that another time because that's a discussion for another time because i want to talk about that not just in not just in basketball but football because i think both the eagles and the sixers are in a position where they have some young players showing showing some talent Oh, absolutely. Showing that they can play and whether or not you can trust them to be contributors or are they just really good role players. All right. So Jonah Jonah Bolden is a name that we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. Not today. Not today. Because we're talking about Jimmy. We're talking about Jimmy and we're talking about what's been going on with Jimmy and Brett Brown. Because it's come out in the news, it's come out Adrian Ward's was with us. I can never pronounce that dude's name. I can, I can look. I can pronounce Halapulavati <laughs> Vatai. Just say Woj. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Woj bomb last week. That during a, I think it was a film session. Jimmy Butler uh, aggressively challenged Coach Brett Brown. When you first heard that, 
What did you think? I wish this was a TV show so the people could see my face. <laughs> I really do. Because, honestly, this is one of those situations where I feel like people are making a big deal about nothing. You have a player who was not with the team through training camp, preseason, and mm-hmm. to this point probably slightly close to half the games they've played so far this year. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there for. Mm-hmm. So you're now trying to find a way to integra- integrate him into the offense and the defense philosophy and also work around not having pieces like Dario Sarge and Robert Covington who were integral to what you did last year mm-hmm. as well as – the disappointing lack of availability of a former number one overall draft pick. Mm -hmm. These are all things you're trying to work out at the same time this season. Mm -hmm. So with all of that going on, the one, okay, I shouldn't say the one, you have three players on your roster who are around 30 or older, Mm -hmm. Reddick, Wilson Chandler, and Jimmy Butler, who's 29. Mm-hmm. Of those three, it's only one of them you really consider a star player. So if you have one star player on your team who happens to be a veteran, seems to me that you let him have some input on what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the guy is passionate or works hard doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, especially when you hear Brett Brown's response to it, mm-hmm. the way Jimmy Butler resp- addressed the situation. It doesn't seem like it was anything more than two guys who were passionate about basketball having a basketball discussion. I will say this about what I've heard and what I've read. First things first, um, good friend of the sh- friend of the show, Adil Adil Royster from Liberty Ballers. He was probably one of the first people to point out that this this doesn't seem to be what people are making it out to be. We live in a society that is fueled on the hot take oh, absolutely this is a hot take society that's what it's a 24 we have. hour news cycle now you gotta have content at all times you gotta have content you gotta be talking about something and people now just about everything is made into everything well, and if they don't hype mm-hmm. up the headlines who's gonna quit exactly this is to me and I had people hitting me up. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Here's Jimmy Butler. And I feel like that whole that whole just concept, that whole practice. And, yes, we're talking about practice. Is just is just polluting sports discussion and port and sports dialogue as we know it, where people will make. People make, uh, they'll base their opinions. People offer takes just based on what they see or what, you know, just the the shallow and the initial reaction. You hear Jimmy Butler and you say, oh, my goodness, this is Jimmy Butler doing Jimmy Butler things. Oh, we, you know, and it's like, look, let's let's look. Let's look at. They didn't spend time to really dig into the situation. All right. Here's one thing I will say about Jimmy Butler. Okay. If Jimmy Butler was as much of a problem or a cancer as 
some outlets are making him out to be, mm-hmm. why would his former coach in Chicago, Thibodeau, make such a big deal about how he wanted him on his next team in Minnesota? That speaks to a guy who had a good working relationship with his coach, not a bad one. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to just sit back when I hear the coach and the player both saying it wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. to, for me to make anything more of it than just that. We got some guys who both know basketball in their first couple months of working together, and they're trying to figure out ways to make everything work. Mm-hmm. One thing that we, I think, we've seen with Jimmy Butler since he's been in the league, Jimmy Butler's a straight shooter. Absolutely. Has always been a straight shooter, never bit his tongue, always speaks his mind. Is that true or is that false? As far as I know, that's been very true. Jimmy Butler said nothing happened. And Jimmy Butler said nothing happened. I tend to believe that. I tend to believe that Jimmy Butler is the type of person, if you go back to what he said in interviews, what he's done, that if there was a problem, Jimmy Butler is going to say there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler is not going to come out on TV and say, hey, man, nothing happened. Everything's cool. We good. When things ain't good. If anything, if things are bad, Jimmy Butler might not come out and say things are bad. But if things are bad, Jimmy Butler is not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler is quiet. So if these things came out and you just couldn't get a comment from Jimmy Butler, then I'm thinking, hey, man, there might be a problem. Hey, there might be something else. Jimmy Butler's not coming out telling people, hey, man, we're good, and it not be good. Question for you. What's up? Now, as you say this, something pops in my mind. Okay. Just a question for you. All right. Do you think it's possible that Jimmy Butler would be incentivized to deny anything happening simply for the sake of sparing his reputation should he not be with Philly at the end of the year? I think Jimmy Butler is smart. My point exactly. I think he's smart. And I think in the fact that he he knows he's got money coming. This offseason. But a reputation of being a coach or team killer will affect your yes, money. Yes, exactly. I think he I think he knows that and I think he would he knows that to the point where he would not put himself in a position where he's alienating another coach. Mm-hmm. Or it appears that he's alienating another coach. So I think Jimmy Butler is a straight shooter and honest enough to say, Hey man, I've got an issue but not cause an issue. Now, now, how do you divide the two? Because because this, uh, this is where I'm thinking. You, I'm thinking articulation. He's saying I have an issue, but not caused the issue. Mm-hmm. Now, if he has an issue, and this issue didn't exist before he joined the team, there has to be at least some culpability on his end mm-hmm. for the issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I will tell you this. I think one thing you'll notice in Jimmy Butler's game. You know, Jimmy Butler has never been a person. He's never been so unwilling to take that back seat for what are perceived as stars. Look at his numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a point in time last season where, when his in his last season in Minnesota and the start of this season where they really they wanted to 
established that this was Wiggins and Towns team. Whether that's right or wrong, mm-hmm. right right or wrong, fair or foul, that's, that's a discussion for another show. But in the end, that's what they wanted to do. So D- Jimmy Butler sacrificed the shots, sacrificed his point totals to establish this. When he got here, this is supposed to be Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's team. He needs to learn this offense. He's learning the offense. Now, once again, I'm setting you up right now. All right, we coming. Let me, let me, let me call the play. Let me set up this offense and let me make this play for you. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm setting you up. You see me wanting to back my head on see, the table yes, right now. Yes, right? I see this. But what I'm saying is, I feel like I, I feel like for Jimmy, the shots will come. Okay. Here's my thing. Okay. The idea of it being my team, your team, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins' team, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons and Embiid's team, that is exactly what ruins teams. Really? Okay, why? All right. Go ask Golden State whose team it is and see what they tell you. Think they're going to tell you it's Kevin Durant's team? No. Think they're going to tell you it's Steph's team? Maybe. Draymond's team? No. Clay's team? No. None of them. No, I think they'll tell you Steph's team. It's, no, they won't. You think so? Okay, I, I disagree, because I don't keep th- going. Make, but make your point, though. My point in that is I don't think they'll tell you it's Steph's team because I don't think they think Steph is more important to that team than anyone else. You take any of those pieces out the line, I mean, it completely affects how they play mm. because they're out there playing team ball. Mm-hmm. On any given night, Clay could score 60, Durant could score 60, Steph could go for 50 or 60, and nobody cares. The ball's moving, who's hot, the hot hand scores. Mm. And that that is essentially what good basketball is. Mm. There was, okay, in a sense, Michael Jordan ruined basketball. Oh, boy. This is what I mean. Okay, I'm, 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 and, I, mm-hmm. not, and I don't mean that from the standpoint that Michael Jordan did anything bad. No, I, I mm-hmm. mean that from the standpoint of everybody wanted to be the next Jordan. Okay, everybody wants to be the next superstar. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is Michael Jordan, when he was winning championships, mm-hmm. actually played team ball. He scored thirty a game because he made half his shots. Mm-hmm. He wasn't shooting forty some percent from the field. Mm-hmm. He shot. 30-some from three, but he didn't shoot that many threes. Mm -hmm. One or two a game, maybe. Mm -hmm. He wasn't out there taking 10 threes a game. He just made half of his shot. I can score – if you score 30 a game on 50-plus percent from the field, that still leaves room for other guys to get points, too, because you're not out there Mm -hmm. throwing up 30 shots a game to get your points. You'd see a lot of nights where Mike might be 12 for 19, 10 for 17, Mm a couple free throws. And it's still a lot more shots to go around. Mm -hmm. But people got this idea, oh, I'm the man. I want to be the next Mike. I'm going to get 30. And they'll just keep taking shots to get their Mm -hmm. 30. Oh, it's my team. I'm the superstar. Mm -hmm. That mentality ruins teams. Okay. Now, now, allow me to make a counterpoint here. Because I see what you're saying, but I think there's a slight difference in your assessment of that mentality. Okay. Because I believe that you can do both. But it depends on the team. it depends on the team concept and it depends on the player. 
Honestly, I hear what you're saying about Michael Jordan when they were winning and they played more team ball. Well, absolutely. However, that was still Michael Jordan's team. Michael Jordan was no, the that le- was my that was Michael no, no, Michael no, Jordan was the leader of no, that team. Now, now no, understand something. Now, understand the leader. He was the leader of the team. And if you ask anybody on that team, that was Michael Jordan's team. But there's a responsibility that comes along with that. They're saying, hey, you know what? The, yes, you are the leader of this team. But that leader has to still play team ball. But, I think now. No, 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 that's no, no, that's, no, that's no, why I was no, saying the difference. No, was. No, 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 let me finish my point. Okay. Because what I'm saying is, I think in the same in the same aspect. I think that, yes, I, I do believe that there would be people on the Warriors that would say, hey, you know what, this is Steph's team. But that does not change Steph's mentality. Steph still plays with a, a team mentality. Yes, I am. A, yes, that is the responsibility. And that's what makes Steph better than other players who share, that share that say, hey, this is my team, my team, my team, me, me, me. I don't think Steph is a me player, but I think Steph is still, I think that's Steph's team. Now, now that was one of the reasons I actually went to Golden State first as my primary example. Mm-hmm. It was, from my recollection, mm-hmm. that team was, as much as Steph is known as the engine that drives him, mm-hmm. and he's gotten MB- MVP awards, mm-hmm. it was never about Steph. Okay. It was the Splash Brothers okay. or this Golden State team, but then mm-hmm. they bring in Durant yeah. and his, but but that speaks that spe- but but that but, to me that let, speaks to Steph let, though. Let, 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 me, let me finish. What what I'm saying it does speak to Steph, but it also speaks to the mentality of everyone on that team. Okay. Because the same way they might Steph might be the engine to that team, guys aren't gonna at this aren't gonna step back and say I can't make this play, mm-hmm. I can't take this shot, I'm scared to speak up because of Steph either. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Well, I shouldn't say the problem. But here's the thing about that. That speaks to once again Chase Utley Chase Utley effect. Teams play like their best player. Steph's not their best player. I I don't I don't honestly I don't know if everyone on the Warriors would agree. I think there would be I think there would be if you ask somebody on the Warriors they might say they, they would probably say Steph. We might agree. Well, agree I've, disagree. I've heard I've clearly heard Durant say he and LeBron are the two best players in the league. I okay. That's fine, so, but I, but here's the thing: there's at least but, one person on that Warriors who doesn't think Steph's the and best start, player, and their starting center is and their starting center is telling him otherwise. Boogie Cousins will be back in January 18th but around to, there, and in his mind, he's probably the best big man in the league. He, he was back in, in January 18th, but none, but nonetheless, but that's that's burying the point here. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you play like your best player. I think there there are still. A majority of people on the Warriors team that believe Steph Curry is their best player. However, it's Steph Curry who says, "Hey, man, we're the Splash Brothers. Hey, man, we're a team." And I think that, and honestly, in the same aspect that Jordan, I think there's there's without a shadow of a doubt, people would say, "This is Michael Jordan's team. Michael Jordan is the leader of this team." But when they were playing, when they were winning championships, Michael Jordan was playing team ball. When you see your star player, when you see the best player on your team playing team ball, playing unselfish ball, you play like that. So honestly, you know, to tie this back in with the Sixers, whether or not you, if you think this is Joel Embiid's team. Or if you, or better yet, if you believe that Joel Embiid is or will become or is poised to be the best player on this team, because right now it's up for debate mm-hmm. whether Joel Embiid is the best player on this team or J- uh, Jimmy Butler is the best player on this team. But if the best player on this team is playing unselfish ball, then you're going to follow suit. 
If the best player on this team is Jimmy Butler right now, and he's expressing his interest, and he's being a vocal leader, not necessarily challenging, but it's like the, it's like this. Okay, you and I were sitting here in my basement recording mm-hmm. a podcast. I'm yelling at you. You yelling at me. Mm-hmm. But we still cool. Yep. You know, you know it, that's what I'm saying. So it's like if you're on the outside looking and you might just see two guys with microphones in front of them yelling at each other and you might say, hey, man, we'll do, you know, they look like they're about to fight. Okay. But if but the but the thing is, it's like, OK, we, we respect one another. So there's respect in our dialogue. There's respect. I respect your opinion. You respect mine. All right. Now, I'm going to give you, a, for example, now we're talking about it being a player's team. Okay. Like. LeBron James, when he's on a team, it's his team. Mm-hmm. He dominates the huddle. He dominates the conversation. He dominates the play on the court. Everything is built around him. Mm-hmm. That is a situation where I look at that's LeBron's team. Even going back to the Bulls where you could want to say it was Mike's team because Mike was the best player by far. The talent, like the difference between Mike and Scotty, who was the second best player. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Scotty was – in their prime, largely regarded as the second best all-around player in the league, yes. Yes. not just on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. It Mike was still the best player. Okay. And that being said, Mike would still play a type of game that would allow Scottie Pippen to score 40 points. Mm-hmm. Tony Kukoc would still come in and get his numbers. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman would get his numbers. Mm-hmm. Whoever the designated spot-up shooter of the, of the year was, he'd get his numbers. Kerr, Armstrong, Judd Bushler, whoever these guys are. Mm-hmm. They're all getting their numbers. And Michael Jordan admitted to it himself. When Phil Jackson got there, he and Phil Jackson had a conversation. Mm-hmm. He looks at Phil Jackson and says, you're not about to try to put me in one of these equal opportunity offenses, are you? And Phil Jackson said, I absolutely am. What he meant by equal opportunity offense is the ball doesn't just go to you. The ball moves to wherever the ball needs to move, and the shot goes to whoever the sh- whoever's open and has the shot. Mike just happened to know how to work that offense, and he made his shots. Mm-hmm. Now, with Golden State, for example, I'd, that team, I personally have even less of a feeling that that's any one person's team. And – that has some benefits and has some drawbacks. The benefits of it are when they're on, they're as, a flu- as fluid of a unit on the basketball court as you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Problem is when they're off, because there is no designated leader, any and everybody might say something. Mm-hmm. Draymond might say something. Steph might be quiet. He might say something. Durant might say something might not because you know golden state durant actually speaks his mind now. Yeah. so and and that's that's what i mean it's a different dynamic where everybody on mm-hmm. that team actually seems empowered to mm-hmm. be themselves or like even go back to the old school 80s lakers teams mm-hmm. I mean, not lady lakers or celtics but okay. celtics were actually who i wanted to go to mm-hmm. first the Celtics, Larry Bird's best player on that team. But Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, all these guys have voices and input, and they matter, which is different than what you see today when a player says it's his team. Players today, when they say it's their team, mm-hmm. they have this 
superstar mentality where, and what I mean by say a superstar mentality, I mean they're superstars in their own minds mm -hmm. where play my way, do it this way and we'll win. Just play through me. I'm that good. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. It doesn't work. And that's the mentality I'm talking about did not exist on good teams okay. previously. All right. I agree with you there. I agree with that assessment. However, where we differ is where where that where and when that mentality applies. Now, I hear I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that we that saying that this is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's team means that the Sixers will fall prey to that particular mentality. I think that it's already started. You think so? Absolutely. How so? Okay. And this is not a knock on any of these Sixers players. I love them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is as much a function of the generation they grew up in as it is anything else. Okay. But look at a Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. He's not happy if he's not getting all the touches he wants. Mm -hmm. He and Ben Simmons he's not going to be content unless he's playing on the ball. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Butler has this idea in his mind of what role he needs to play. And I love Jimmy Butler's game, but there are instances where I felt like Jimmy Butler in his own mind was slightly better than Jimmy Butler in reality. Okay. And that can have an effect on the team as well. Like, Jimmy Butler's a, a good player. He's an all-star player. Mm -hmm. He's not a superstar player. Okay. Sixers actually don't have a superstar player at this point. Okay. Ben Simmons has a lot of developing to do, mm -hmm. as does Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid, honestly, this is the first year I've really seen him, ta seen him take a significant step forward in being a willing passer. Joel Embiid in the past has been somewhat of a black hole when he got the ball in the put in the paint. Mm -hmm. He got the ball, he's going up, it's not coming back out. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work either. I don't care how talented of a big man. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Wilt, why do you think Wilt Chamberlain only has one championship in his life and he didn't get it until after he stopped scoring 50 points a game and started scoring less points and getting his teammates involved mm -hmm. whereas Bill Russell who scored 15 points a game won 11 championships in 13 years. Mm -hmm. It's a team game. I don't care what anyone says about this game being one man superstar driven and all that. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good team that plays and functions as a cohesive unit, mm -hmm. you lose. Okay. So the idea of it being, it, it, so back to where we started, the idea of it being my team or this guy's team, that mm -hmm. guy's team, I just think in general that mentality is detrimental to a team. However, but, but let's, let's stay there because I still hold on to that notion that that, men, that mentality what you're talking about isn't wrong, but I don't know if it's it's going on here. And it and it also speaks to something that we talked about last week, when we talked about the issues that Joel Embiid was having, the issues that he had with his game, and him growing his game to be able to play alongside a Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the youth, and we talked about they needed to they needed to be coached up. Oh, they're kids. Point. Yes, they're kids. So Which when is I, no, so let me so, so let me finish now. Let me finish. All right. Okay. Let me finish because you talked about them needing to be coaches. They are kids. So 
if we believe that Brett Brown is a player development guy, mm -hmm. and that is his strong suit, and that might be his strong suit more than necessarily X's and O's. Mm -hmm. However, do we trust Brett Brown to be able to teach them? Because the fact of the matter is, as frustrated as Joel Embiid has been playing, has been with his game and those outside shots, and you know him, him complaining about being out in the perimeter too much, mm -hmm. and she, he thinks he takes too many threes. That's his fault. Okay, but the fact still, the fact still remains. They're fifteen and six since getting. Uh, they're fifteen and six going into uh, Wednesday night's game. They'll probably end up being fifteen and seven. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. They've won fifteen games since uh, Jimmy Butler came to this team. Mm-hmm. So they're they're having some success. There are some success there. And and if if Jimmy but if this Jimmy Butler issue with uh, Brett Brown is truly being made out to be more than what it is, then the fact of the matter is, and if they truly respect each other to the extent that they say they respect each other. Mm -hmm. Then this is a back and forth that they respect. This is this is it's a, it's a it's a conversation that, that can be talked that can be talked to and worked out. All right. Well, so I'm I'm still I'm not done. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a ran here. You know. All right. So what I'm saying is, yeah, I, you, I hear I I hear everything that you're saying about how the me first, the me 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 mentality. Mm -hmm. ruins teams i still do not believe i i disagree with you that the fact that this is happening here and what i'm saying is and if it is i do not believe that we are at a point where they cannot work themselves out of this and it can still be joel Embiid and ben simmons's team because if their coach is a player development coach like we say he is and the proof is in the pudding where you can show them it's like hey you know what this this style of ball is working and we can and you can teach him because you're saying you you've made the point already. You said, hey, he's been Joel Embiid is b becoming a more willing passer. Mm -hmm. This is still Joel Embiid's third season, you know, what, third, fourth season playing mm -hmm. third. Yeah, he's also yeah. about to be 25 years old. He's, not, he's no, getting I, close I, to I, being a grown man. I understand he's getting close to being a grown man, but you're still talking to a person with not a lot of organized basketball, less than 10 years of organized basketball in his life. I understand that, but his basketball prime is coming up in two years. Still he doesn't, doesn't have mean, time but to make up. I understand. You don't get an extra 10 years to make up for it. We're not giving him an extra 10 years, but what I'm saying is just, it, it is not a foregone conclusion that he cannot learn. I had to say he can't learn. Well, then, 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 at but, the point that, then, but what I'm what I am saying mm -hmm. is that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are kids mm -hmm. for to put the keys to the to the franchise in their hands and say that your team at this point in their careers is asinine. You won't win doing that. But what I am saying is fine. Then it's like, look, you know what? If you're saying that, all right, as kids, or do you think that we've said? Do you think the 76ers are title contenders this year? No. 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 So do you blow it all up and start over? No. What do you do? You let them play and let them grow. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't that doesn't just mean you hand them the keys to everything at this point either because they still need what is to that, grow. What is everything? What do you mean hand them the keys to everything? What is everything? You know, who are you going to hand them? Who are you going to hand them? No, 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 let, no, let, 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 let me make the Let me, I will give you the floor. I've given you. I, I give you. I give you the floor. I let you talk. Let me talk now. Mm -hmm. well, who are you going to hand the? Who are you going to hand the keys to? Jonah Bolden? You going to hand the keys to Amir Johnson? You drafted. You drafted Joel Embiid to be the guy. 
You drafted Ben Simmons to be the guy. Just because, look, just because you give him the keys, yeah, you give him the keys to the car. Who else is going to have the keys to the car? If you don't give them the keys to the car, you ain't got a car. I don't. I want to drive. Truth be told, the only player who's actually ready for that on the roster right now is Jimmy Butler. Is he a guy? Hmm? Yes, is he, he is a guy. Okay, then one fine is like, but Ben Simmons and Jimmy, Joel Embiid aren't this, ready for that. Is it yet. Jimmy Butler's team? No. Whose team is he? And that's my point. I don't want it to be anybody's team. That does it. Does, look, I, it can be. It can still be, look. That doesn't work either. Why not? I, why, it's not? It does not work because even the, whether we agree or not, you can sit there and say you can sit there and say Golden State is the example all you want. I disagree. That's Steph Curry's team. You can say the Michael. You can say the Jordan. You can say you can say the Jordan Bulls. Jordan Bulls, all you want. That was Michael Jordan's Bulls. It was Michael Jordan's Bulls, and they played team ball. The, the Warriors. Okay. I don't call them anyone's team. I disagree. I I, I hear what you're saying. you're saying. I that disagree. Steph's team. Steph's yes. not the best player on that roster. I disagree. You think Steph is better than I Kevin think, Durant? I think Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is the best player you on that team. You think he's better than Kevin Durant? I think Steph Curry is the best player on this. That is what I said. I think, and I think more Golden. I think more Golden State Warriors. If you asked them, they would agree with me. More Golden State Warriors would agree with me than agree with. We're gonna have to put a Twitter poll up on this. Fine, tomorrow. fine. Put whatever you want on. Because I guarantee you, I, gu- I, gu- I, I guarantee, I guarantee you, put, you put some uh, truth serum in a. Uh, I know I'm talking fantasy. Mm-hmm. I understand what they might say publicly or whatever. I'm saying that I think the Golden State Warriors, if you asked them, they would say it was uh, it was Steph Curry. I don't think there are 2% of basketball fans. Okay, I don't think there's 2% of knowledgeable basketball fans that would actually look at you, look you in the eye and say Kevin Durant is not better than Steph Curry. Okay. I don't care. At 2%, it's a big number. Okay. I don't think there's a GM in the league that'll look at you and say, give me Steph Curry over Kevin Durant. Okay. I don't think there's a single person in the, in the league that'll say that. Okay. So, to but that I, end. You know, but, but, but to that end, you ask those same, I think if you ask those same players, hey, man, whose team is that in Golden State? They'll say it's Steph Curry's team. I don't know that they would. I, then I, I'm fine then. But, fine. But here's the problem. Why, 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 why would, why? Let me ask you a question. To your point, what makes it Steph Curry's team? He's not the vocal leader, and he's not the best I player on the court. I, I think that's I. I think he he. I think he is the heart and soul of that team. He's the engine that makes him go. No he's question. He's the engine that makes him go. That put that make and that's what makes it Steph Curry's team. That, because because they yes they have. I understand. I am not trying to lessen Kevin Durant's talent. I know who Kevin Durant is. Mm-hmm. This is not an. This is not me not understanding who Kevin Durant is. But I am still telling you that. That the straw that stirs that drink is Steph Curry. He's the point guard. That's a point guard's job. No, it's more than just the point guard. It's not just the point guard. He is he is the heart and soul of that team. And if you ask anyone who is the heart and soul of that team, it they'll is probably Steph tell you Curry. Draymond Green. No, they, they won't tell you. Tell no, you they probably Green. won't. They'll tell you Draymond is the emotional and vocal no, leader of that he's team. The emo- I understand that. That's not the heart and soul. That is the heart and That's soul. That's not the heart and soul of that team. Steph Curry is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. Well, well, now that's one we'll just have to disagree. Okay, with, but I, but nonetheless, but to, but to me, but that is what drives that is what drives my point. When I th- I understand what you're talking about, me ball. I am not disputing your point about me ball and how being me and being self centered and being all about me ruins teams. However, I do not think that that mentality is here in Philadelphia yet, despite the fact that Joel and B Joel and B is uh 
has been vocal, despite the fact that Ben Simmons is vocal. And now I'm not saying that it couldn't happen down the line. However, maybe, if anything, maybe this incident with Jimmy Butler and Brett Brown shows them, hey, this is how you do it. Because in the end, how did Jimmy Butler, if Jimmy Butler had an issue, if there was an issue, how did Jimmy Butler handle it? He talked to the coach about it. Exactly. How did Joel Embiid handle it? I heard from Embiid in the media. Exactly. Exactly. However, who's the best player on this team? Right now, Jimmy Butler. What have I been telling you since you've known me? The Chase Utley effect. What is the Chase Utley effect? You play like your best player. Mm-hmm. Joel, they was, the Sixers respect Jimmy Butler. Do they not? As a team, you think they respect Jimmy Butler? It would appear that way. It appears that way. Okay, despite the fact that everything, Jimmy but despite the fact that people are dragging Jimmy Butler through the mud on this whole thing, mm-hmm. as this is a big example of Jimmy being Jimmy. He's getting killed. Nonetheless, the best player of their team, when he had an issue with how the team, how he felt the team was run, what did he do? He took it to the coach. He, he didn't take like it. A, he handled it like a exact, grown man. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so it's, but, 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 let me let me finish. Let me let, let me take this where I'm. Let me take this where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Right? What I am saying is okay. This team, this team might not be. This might not be a championship ready team on. You know, first, second week, second, second week in January. I'm sorry, I had to look at the calendar. <laughs> this might not be a championship ready team. Mm-hmm. However, the keys of this car belong to Ben Sim. This is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's car. Jimmy Butler's in the car. Jimmy Butler's the most experienced driver. This car might not be ready to get to that, get down to that championship yet. I understand it. However, what I'm saying is if they if they all acknowledge and understand that Jimmy Butler is the best player on his team and they see how Jimmy Butler is handling his business, mm-hmm. maybe that will be what happens in the future. Because in the end, yes, Joel Embiid was in, was what yes, Joel Embiid was frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yes, Joel Embiid aired his frustration. In the media. On, in the media. Like a However, kid. Like a kid. But on the flip side, this is what he this is what goes against. This is what he has coming back to him. All right? This is what he has coming back to him. The coach is going to point to results. The coach is going to say, yeah, yeah I understand that you're frustrated, but look look how we're winning. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler is going to say, hey, dog, this is not how you handle it. And despite the fact that, you know, despite the fact that, despite the fact that I'm getting railed in the media, Look how I'm handling it, and look what's going on. Okay, that that's kind of my point. You said the coach's answer is going to be, "Look at the success we're having. Look at what we're, look at how we're winning." What what I what I'm success and winning? Screw your points. Screw your shots. You're winning. But but this is what I'm. But understand something, okay? Fine. What I'm saying is, you just did, you made that point, but you also said they're kids, right? Mm-hmm. So there's room for them to learn that. I, they and, and they I will understand. Learn that. I'm not saying there's no room to learn. I'm but not when, saying they won't mm-hmm. learn. I mm-hmm. fully expect them to learn. But what, what I'm what saying I is, saying, they will learn this, what, and, and this will be and, their team. And that's fine. What I'm saying is, it's foolish to just hand them the keys now and to say, go ahead. This is the reason that team needed a veteran star. This is the reason that team needed a Jimmy Butler because the kids, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, 
while they probably will be there, by all indications, they will be ready soon. They mm -hmm. are not ready now. When a 15-year-old, you buy, you might buy your 15-year-old kid a car when they get their learner's permit. Mm -hmm. You're not giving them that car till they're a licensed driver and ready to go. Mm -hmm. You see, that's essentially what I'm looking at mm -hmm. with the Sixers. You've got young, talented players who will be ready, but they're not ready now. Okay. And all I'm saying is. Especially in basketball, a sport where as much as people fall in love with young talent, mm -hmm. it's a grown man's game okay. and mature vets win. Mm -hmm. so it is best for a team when you have a combination of young talent and mature, experienced leaders. And your mature, experienced leaders, mm -hmm. even though they may not be the most talented players on the court, on the court, they're the ones that lead that team. Mm -hmm. And that's where I mean the Sixers, especially prior to bringing in Jimmy Butler, simply just had a deficiency mm -hmm. because they, and everyone knew it, they lacked true veteran leadership. And that is what Jimmy Butler is able to, and you brought it up, Jimmy Butler, when he had an issue, he took it straight to the coach. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Jimmy and we started off saying with the whole Jimmy Butler thing, we didn't think it was much of anything no, at all. No. When I where, where I think when I, when I say I see some me stuff creeping in, and I'm not saying it can't be cut out or fixed, but I see it more from like a guy like Joel Embiid, who likes the attention. He likes the, the being mm -hmm. the focal point mm -hmm. of everything, and that will complicate. Oh, you know, that complicates the, and, you know, and for the most part, especially with the year that Sixers had when Ben Simmons sat out his rookie year and Joel Embiid saw the impact he could have on the team, that, while it was great for his confidence, great for his development, I think it may have given him a false idea about how to build long-term success in today's NBA. Mm -hmm. Today's NBA, your big man is first and foremost rebounding and rim protection. Offense from your big man in the post is secondary because it's turned into much more of a three-point shooting league thanks to the analytics. Mm -hmm. And that is that's not where where you win basketball games these days. No, it's not. But in the end, as, as in the end, all I'm saying is I do not believe that it necessarily facilitates a me first mentality, acknowledging who owns this car. And just because, and, and what I'm saying as we draw this to as we draw this segment to a close, I think yes, Jimmy, but this car this car is not going is not going to get where it needs to go without Jimmy Butler. However, it's still Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons' car. Joel Embiid, uh, J Jimmy Butler, hopefully you bring him in to contribute, get you where you need to go, but also make Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid better drivers. They're not the drivers that you need them to be right now, but that's why you bring in a guy like Jimmy Butler, and he's showing these guys how to be. And whether or not Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can be that guy, still to be determined but nonetheless as far as this whole issue with joel with jimmy butler and brett brown much to do about nothing 
much of much, and I I agree with you that probably it's more egregious to see a guy like Joel Embiid air his grievances to the media than it is privately. But there's still so much. There, there's there's more basketball to be played. There's more life to be lived. Hey, y'all, let us know what you think about today's show. Hit us up on f- Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Philly. Oh, dude. Best of the world? Best in the world. At B-I-T-W Sports. Let me tell you something, man. I talk. I do a lot more talking in the last. I've done more talking in the last two months than I probably have in the last two years. I got a whole book. Man, whatever, dude. B-I-T-W Sports. At B-I-T-W Sports. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Holla at us. Let us know why you think I'm right and Mike Jones is wrong. It's all good. Hey, when we come <laughs> back, we're going to talk a little bit more on Best of the World. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports and we're back on Best in the World Sports Report. Just a reminder, you can catch this podcast in its entirety every Saturday morning on phillygoflow.com. That is at 8 a.m. following the Reggae Sunrise show. All right? Following Reggae Sunrise, preceding early morning 80s. So you get your dreadlock music and all the reggae. Mm-hmm. What, what? Y- y- all that. All that, all that reggae, all that dance hall, all that reggae tone. I just put a couple Daddy Yankee songs in there to, to play. Rewind select. Yeah, all that, all that stuff. I like. I can't understand it, but they they talking and it gets the girls moving. That's uh, what I know. I can tell you what they say. You know, I'm an island. Uh, I understand. I know. One one day we might have to chill, listen to that show, and I just need you to translate. But check it out every Saturday morning on phillygoflow.com. 5 a.m. you get the Reggae Sunrise Show. 8 a.m. you get me and your boy, John and Mike, Mike and John, Best in the World Sports Report, and then you get early morning 80s, all that old school 80s hip-hop. Old school hip-hop. You gonna you gonna need that? Oh yeah. So you gonna you gonna do your, your, your slow wine and all that, mm-hmm. and then you gonna chill with us. We are gonna talk sports. Then you gonna do you get to break dancing. That's your Saturday morning on Philly Go Flow. It's a good day. That is a good day. It's a real that's, good day. Oh yeah, that's a wonderful day. That's a wonderful day. Also, tell us what you think of the show. Hit us up at any time at bitw sports. I got tongue tied a little bit earlier. Cause I we'll make it work. Cause that's what I do. You know, I'm on the radio now every weekday, ten to two. Too many shows. A couple different wait, stations. Yeah. You got to keep it I'm, all straight. Got to man, but I got a I got a brand to build, man. Oh. I got a brand to build. Hey man, I heard you had a crazy week this week, man. I did. What happened? So so Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Get get my truck back out the shop. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing major, just, you yeah. know, normal wear and tear. It's, just, it's a stick, so I had to get the, tr- the clutch done. It was uh-huh. time. What kind of truck is it? Old school, just a little work pickup truck. Nothing okay. special, Toyota Tacoma. All right. No. But it gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm get the truck back, mm-hmm. and today about to go do a, do a little work, run some errands, mm-hmm. but gotta go get some gas first. So I go get gas, leave the gas station, back on the road, sitting there at an intersection, minding my own business, turn signal on, waiting to make this left. Next thing I know, I feel this Audi A4 come up behind me. Felt it. I felt it. I ain't see it. I felt it. I felt it because they rear-ended me. Are you in pain? Are you you all right? I'm good. It's crazy. Their car was far worse than mine. Was their car total? The estimator said it's probably close. Front end is pushed all the way in. All the airbags deployed, so they have to reprogram stuff. Like all eight, they got the side airbags and so everything. They're done. I think to me, there's nothing more painful. Not not even like physically, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing more emotionally painful than a total car. That's like the ultimate L. Try, Try getting your car damaged. Less than 24 hours after you pick it up from the shop. But it, see, here's the thing. Now, that's bad. I'm not trying to diminish your pain. I'm going to get a check, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that I'm check. But that's what I'm talking about. That's what, you know, that's the silver lining to that cloud. You're getting a check. You'll be all right. <laughs> if it was your fault, if it was the other way around, like, had you been driving the Audi and rear-ended somebody? And see, I don't even have to file a claim with my insurance company. I yeah. can go through there. Yeah. So my yeah. rates don't yeah. change. You're good. I'm good. You're good. They're, they're coming to pick me up to mm-hmm. take me to get the rental car. Yeah. I'm good. Now, let me tell you something. Got a good, got a, we, we, now, if, you, if you're if you a fan of John and Mike, Mike and John, if you check out Offense, Defense, and Discourse, we talk about uh, car crash stories. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to tell the same story on this show that I talk, you, you want to hear my other car crash story, go check out the other podcast. Mm-hmm. All right? You can find them all and search yeah, best in yeah. the world. So, iTunes, iTunes, yeah, iTunes. Search best in the world sports, or or go to SoundCloud.com slash bitw sports. All right, I've only had a loaner car once in my life, and it was because, like you know me, mm-hmm. I'm a tall dude. What about I'm, six four? Uh, yeah, I'm about six four, and I'm a heavy dude too. You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm 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 up there. We don't need to get into specifics, but brothers up there. All you right, could, you could play O line. I could play O line. All right, um. My car broke down. Mm-hmm. Car threw a rod. My old car, old, old, old car, threw a rod. Oh, so your car was done. Yeah, yeah, well, it had nine lives, and it was getting fixed, and I thought it was fixed, and I got it, and I took it down the street because after I left the, uh, after I left the mechanic mm-hmm. to get it fixed, didn't have any gas in it, so I went to put gas in it. Okay. Car never started up again. <laughs> had to walk <laughs> back to the mechanic and tell him, hey, man, my car that you guys just fixed that I just gave you this boatload of money to fix is down the street at the gas station, at the gas station not working. Now, I came to pick this up before I went to work. All right? So I need to get to work. I need to get to work. And I'm late. And I'm mad. Mechanic had left. His secretary's still there. I'm 6'4". Heavy black dude. Now I went. No, I, I didn't threaten her. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure but you she were upset. Was, I was upset, and, I'm and she sure could probably she, sense that. Yeah, she knew brother was mad. Mm-hmm. This was a Thursday. Okay. She gave me at the time. Now this is maybe ninety nine, two thousand. They gave me the keys to a brand new Chevy Malibu. 
That's not a bad size car for me. For look at the time, this is not, not, I said this. I'm five nine one sixty five. No, no, so. no. This is this is not a compl- <laughs> this is not a complaint. See, here's the thing. I'm at this point. This is ninety nine two. I'm twenty three, twenty four years old. Okay, my car was a Ford Tempo. They gave me a ninety nine. So that's an upgrade. Oh, so needless to say, that just quelled all my anger. Mm-hmm. And just like a twenty three year old ignorant black dude would do at that point when you give him a brand new car, I called my boys and we just had the weekend of all weekends. I, it was full of gas. Now, now, mind you. It took them weeks to fix my car. Mm-hmm. Once the once the mechanic got back to work on Friday and found out that they gave out that new Malibu to me as the loaner, they were quick to be oh, like, yeah, "They're motivated." To oh fix yeah, that oh car. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they wanted a brother back, but I had that car for that whole weekend, and I went to maybe about four or five different clubs because mm-hmm. you know because oh, we have a good old time as we've talked about on this show before. I don't go to the clubs. What do I do? I played a let out. Mm-hmm. So I had the brand new Malibu all fresh <laughs> and I'm outside the club. I called my boys and we just driving around, you know what I mean? Hey baby. Is that your car? Of course it is. And I <laughs> and I and I <laughs> Because I'm young and I'm ignorant. You're driving. And I'm driving. You got the keys. Yes. And of course I picked up a chick mm-hmm. in this brand new Chevy Chevy Malibu. And then went back to see her a couple weeks later when I got my but, Ford Tempo back. <laughs> How'd that work? <laughs> Let's just say I parked real far away from her house. It was like, yeah, yeah, where's your car? Yeah, it's down the street. You know, I like to get a little couple extra steps in, you know. Yeah, we, we, I know we're supposed to be talking sports, but hey, you know I, what? I, I may have a similar story. We'll get into that. We'll get into that another day. Okay. But I got right. a similar story yeah, to it, that. It, it is whatever. But look, pull the quick switch with the car. Yeah, yeah or, you got you know, to. You got that to. First day, you in the, you, you riding in oh, the nice yeah. board. Oh, big yeah, body. Yeah, man, yeah. man, dude, look. We we can do that one day. Oh, cars, we, car stories. I got car stories too. Oh, I got all uh, sorts night, of stories. What was it? I got Not, cars, oh, car man. stories for days. Uh, what was it? Two. two 2001, mm-hmm. 2001, I believe, when uh, All-Star Game. No, it wasn't 2001, but the year the All-Star Game was in Philly. I believe that was 01. The, you believe that was 01? Was that 01? I believe it was. Okay. Either, either Somewhere way, around there. All-Star 2000, Game, 2001, was, in, All-Star game like was in Philly. My, my man, my man, my, shout out to my, my dude, Kareem Streets. Kareem Streets had a Lexus uh, LX450. The Lexus Land LS, four and a half. Yeah, exactly. That's what he had. Proof last set. If I want, want some, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something, dude. That white. It was a white white truck. Mm-hmm. We went. We drove around because once again, I'm told I'm six four. Played the let out of all of them all star clubs. And we just, hey, who are you? Hey, babe, what's going on, baby? I'm Benoit Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> we just make it a random. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, my name's Rodney Buford. <laughs> what team you what team you play for? Yeah, I play for I play for the Bucks. Yeah, I'm Terry Cummings. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that one day. Oh, we'll Carl definitely have to get into that one. Yeah. Anyway, look, it's time to get out of here. Mike, it's been a it's been a good week. It's been a great week. It's been a great week. Tell us what you think of today's show. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at B I T W Sports. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Birds, you think no about, birds. You got a quick prediction? It's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. 
Last week I predicted the Eagles win. Yes. Last week someone predicted the Bears win. Yes. Yes, that was me. I was wrong. Oh, I wasn't going to say who. No, was. you can say it. Once again, what do I do on this show? I, Admit my wrongness. I'm not I do here it. to cast blame. You, you ain't got to cast blame. Brother was wrong. <laughs> all right? It's all good. I, hey, I was wrong. But, you know, I just like saying I was right. You okay? were right. I, well, <laughs> but this time you were right. So, so do, this do, week. Do, okay. I think the Eagles have revenge on the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think they can pull it out. Okay. I'm going to go Eagles. Mm-hmm. 26. Mm-hmm. Saints, 24. 20, wait, 20, say that again. 26, Eagles 20, 26. Eagles 26, 24. 24. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm going to try to be consistent, all right, because I believe that I motivated our Eagles to win because I picked them to lose last week. And they pulled it out and proved me wrong. And I, like I said last week, I would come on this show and gracefully tell you guys that I told you all along that the Eagles will win. <laughs> so this is what we're doing. I predict Eagles 13, Saints 17. I, 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 think the, I think the magical ride ends this week. And if I am wrong, I will gracefully once again come back here next week and tell you how I predicted the Eagles were going to win all along. It's what I do. All right. Hey, you guys, once again, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Check us out at any time at BITW Sports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports. That is the home. That is the website. Go there. Download this podcast or on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Just search Best in the World Sports Report. We will be back next week and we'll talk more sports and cars and hip hop. And whatever. And club let out. And club let outs. That's what I do. And that's what you do too. Don't judge me. Peace, y'all. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.